everyone. Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us, and he has a word for you today. We are sure of it. Take some time out to listen, and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. God, I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you that we never take it for granted, this opportunity that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person. And I pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today that they can use, that they can use and make their lives better. Father, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but they will be able to use this message and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Would y'all give God some praise for the first Sunday in 2020? Yes. You know, I, I did have something else that, that crossed my mind I want to share. This is, a Smith, this is a Smith story. I had to go and buy ink. For, my, for our printer. And now I go to buy the ink and I pick it up from the shelf and I just so happen to look at the price of the ink. <laughs> now get this, I'm buying, I'm buying printer ink, not for like an office printer. I mean, I'm not talking about the big printer which you got a contract for and it's a big gold piece of furniture. I'm talking about a printer I can hold in my hand like this, $120. That's what I said. I said, I said, not today. <laughs> not today. Now, I understand what's probably going on. Our printer is older, but it's working fine. And what they do in the industry to get you to move to the newest stuff, if you're going to keep holding on to your old stuff that's still working, we're going to raise the price a little bit. I feel that. So I went home. I said, hey, babe. I said, have you bought ink lately? And she was like, yeah. I said, how much have you paid? She says, I just pay for what it is. I just get it. I say, is it $120 worth to get it? <laughs> and she says, no, not that much. I said, this printer has to leave our house today. <laughs> so just so you know, if you're in the, you know, looking for a printer, <laughs> you can have mine. <laughs> it's gone today. So we ain't printing nothing until I get another printer. I refuse to pay 100 I can buy two or three new printers and just keep throwing printers away for the cost of ink. That's, that's not going to happen. All right, first Sunday in 2020. Family, for those of you who were here last week or who listened and tuned in last week, you know that I shared with you that God had five things or has five things, statements or messages that he wants us to grasp and run with in 2020. I gave you four of them last week. Last week was the last Sunday in 2019. So I reserved the last one on purpose, as you remember, the fifth one for today, the first Sunday in 2020. I promised you I would give you that fifth thing today, and I'm going to remain true to my promise. There are two acts, though, two things that we must do or that we're going to do before we get into that part of today's session. The first thing we're going to do is take communion. We're going to take communion today as our first act 
as a congregation in the year 2020. And what that's going to symbolize is that we are all going to strive to put Jesus first in everything we do this year and beyond. If you have your communion with you, I'm going to be reading from Luke 22, verses 19 and 20 in the NIV Bible. It reads about Jesus, and he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Also, and he, you know, please drink of it. So if you have your wafers in your hand, this represents the body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, as often as you eat of it, to do it in remembrance of him, please eat of it. If you have your cups ready, the liquid in this cup represents his blood, blood that was shed on the cross for us for the total annihilation of our sins, giving us the right to simply become a child of God by accepting Christ. He said, as often as you drink of it, do it in remembrance of him. Drink of it now. Thank you very much. Now, having taken communion, we have our sights completely locked now on 2020. We are completely focused on moving forward. In doing so, I'm going to ask us to make a confession together. I'm going to put that confession, well, not me personally, the tech group, is going to put that confession on the screen for you. And we're going to read that confession together. I realize that we're kind of disposing of our communion, so I'll give us a few, a few seconds to do that. But realize that what this confession is, is a confession prayerfully spoken from your heart to Christ as it re represents you this year and beyond. It is called Jesus, my author, my finisher. Are we ready? Here we go. Let's go. Jesus, chapter 12 of the book of Hebrews, refers to you as the author and finisher of my faith. As I step into this new year, author my story. Help me to be more and more like you. Be the author of my mind. Be the author of my words. Be the author of my attitude. My heart is your blank page, and I give you the power of the pen to write what you will, for you are not only my author, you are also my finisher, and I am fully convinced that you who began this glorious work in me will faithfully continue the process of maturing me and will put your finishing touches on me Amen. Give God some praise for that. Jesus, you are my author. Jesus, you are my finisher. And I want you to just write on the tables of my heart everything I need to be to be more like you. That's the first, first act. What's the second act? 
The second act is that I want to give you some expectation of what to expect from a message standpoint in the year 2020. In doing so, realize that, I think most of you know this, but generally all of our messages, the present and the future messages, have a tie back to previous sessions. So I feel almost obligated to give you some background, especially because we have new faces in the family. I am also well aware, I recognize that most of you already know the journey that we're on. Therefore, I need to make this review have some kind of a balance. And the balance I'm trying to strike is that the review needs to be brief, yet clear, and provide enough context for new people to understand where we're headed. Moreover, here's what I hope as well, that when you see this review, even if you're seeing it for the second or third time, that it rests in your heart that the sessions that we have here, that they have purpose, that every message has a specific intent, that every teaching that we go through looks to make us wiser, that every session has as, it, as its focus and as its, as its objective to make us more like Christ, to fortify our spirit, to just make us better believers and disciples. Good? Now it's going to be quick. So tell your neighbor, hold on. Here we go. First slide. You're very familiar with this slide. Each and every one of us are men and women, boys and girls, who are looking to fulfill God's purpose in our life. And we're looking to just really be as successful as we can be. In order to do that, what has to happen? We have to make a decision to change. Now that decision to change, next slide please, that decision to change really is not a simple decision only. Because a decision to change in order for it to be complete has to be a decision to change the full man. You have to make a decision to change your mind, make a decision to change your heart, and make a decision, yes, believe it or not, to address that body of yours. Pastor, how long have we been on this journey? Believe it or not, a while. We began this journey, guess what, in February of 2017. Oh, that's a journey. But then we said, well, what do we have to do to kind of make this all work? Well, there are certain, several, several things that we have to do. Next slide. We said in order to address the mind, in order to address the body, and in order to address the heart, we have to cover certain messages. For example, item number one, as far as your physical body is concerned, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That means that your body is holy, and you should treat it as such. Treat your body with care. Treat your body as precious. Then we moved on the inside, and we addressed the mind, and we addressed the heart. We said, yeah, the Holy Spirit is there to help you, but boys and girls, men and women, you got to learn to love yourself. You got to be able to say in your heart that I love me. In addition, you need to shed off unforgiveness. Learn how to forgive. And while you're at it, people, live like you want to win. 
You can't say I want to win in this life, but then walk around acting like a loser. Live like you want to win. We went from there and we said, well, how can we take all this information and begin to experience real change? What are the steps that we can do to experience real change? From that, it spawned a collection of other messages. Some of them are going to display with for you shortly, and I'll touch on just three briefly. Next slide. We went through a whole bunch of messages, but starting at the top, just to make sure we touch on three of them, we said, if you're looking to change anything in your life, it needs to begin with a change in you. After you change you, then you can worry about changing your world. First change you, then change your world. Also, if you're going to be looking at making a change, know that the change that you're going to make, it may be simple, but it's not necessarily easy. So if you're going to make a change, you need to make sure that as you're making your change, that you take with you a whole bucket of healthy resolve to finish. Lastly, no matter how you are right now, no matter how you feel, no matter what you look like, no matter what, what's going on with you right now, if you are focused on getting to the new you, the image of the new you in your mind and in your heart has to be so real and so vivid that no matter what's going on with you right now, you can see yourself in your tomorrow today. Amen. You got to be able to see yourself there. All of this requires a firm foundation. All of this requires a firm foundation. And for us as believers, our foundation has a very large spiritual component. Our foundation has the Bible as its key element. Therefore, a Christian, in order to even have a hope of having a firm foundation, a Christian must believe that the Bible is the word of God. Not just any old book. They got to believe it's the word of God, not just something on the shelf. It's the word of God, not just something that co contains a bunch of nice stories, but the word of God. That Bible, that Christian must believe that the Bible is reliable, that the Bible is the truth, and the Bible is divine. Keep in mind, the Bible itself for us as believers is the key component of our foundation. But loved ones, the Bible, how am I say this? The Bible is not the foundation. Sounds weird, but I'll explain it to you. The Bible is a key component of the foundation, but it's not the foundation. Notice. <clears throat> Just like a contractor who's building a tall building, drive piles in the ground, and those piles sustain that building, and the foundation is attached to the piles to make it stronger, that's the Bible for us. The true essence of our foundation is understanding and knowing God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the kingdom of God. But all of that comes through the source called the Bible. Now, it's true. You can't experience God. 
you can experience the love of Christ. The Holy Spirit resides on the in inside of you. But we can never forget that the lion's share of what we know about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the kingdom of God comes from that book. Knowing that, all of these things lends it to, next slide please, stability. When you have a firm foundation rooted in Christ, rooted in God, rooted in the Holy Spirit, rooted in the kingdom of God, fortified with knowing that the Bible is reliable, the Bible is the truth, and the Bible is divine, upon that foundation, you can stack any topic. You can stack any topic. We can talk about anything as long as that foundation is firm because that foundation will be able to support it. I can't tell you how to raise your family like the way that God does if you don't believe in God. I can't tell you how to run your business with the love of Christ if you are shaky on who Christ is. That has to be firm. That has to be solid. That has to be sure. But upon that, we can stack a lot of things. Next slide, please. We can talk about prayer, marriage, giving, finances, peace, you name it. All of those things we can stack on that foundation. If that foundation is strong, we are good to go. Why? Because if that foundation is strong, if you have a conviction about your word, a conviction about your God, a conviction about Jesus, a conviction about the Holy Spirit, a conviction about the kingdom of God, when we give you instruction, you will just hear and do. If your foundation is not sure, then you will hear this instruction and you will deny it. You will think of it as optional. And you will resist every change to become more like Christ. 2019, how do we close? In 2019, here's what we did. We talked about from the foundation, next slide please, from the foundation, we talked about God and Jesus in detail. Keep in mind, we had spoken about, excuse me, God and the Bible. We did the Bible and God in detail in 2019. Now, we touched on Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the kingdom of God over the years, but not as in much detail as we did God in the Bible. We also went through certain series in the fall of the year that the ministry was going through. Those series are, I'm just going to read them to you. If you want to hear, hear them, they're on podcasts, they're on YouTube, they're out there on the Internet. But the series were Heroes, Not Easily Broken, Think Rich, Live Wealthy, and where we stopped in 2019 and where we will pick up in 2020, Victory Lap. What about 2020? In 2020, here's what you can expect. In addition to any other thing that comes up, we're going to look to get through Victory Lap, the art of war, in particular prayer, detailed discussion on Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the kingdom of God, all once again focusing on stability, stability being our declaration in 2019, that declaration will continue into 2020. That's your review. Fast enough for you? Did it make sense? All right. Guess what? Let me get to now what I promised you. I promised you I would tell you what the fifth thing is that God wants us to know for 2020. And in doing that, 
I would like for you to go to Mark chapter 5, verse 25. And let's start there. King James Version. Last week, we taught on the woman with the issue of blood from Mark's account or Mark's writing. Starting in verse 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse when she heard Jesus, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may, but if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Now, the summation of this account is that this woman had a long term issue. She saw Jesus as her solution and she refused to let anybody stand in her way of her answer. In addition to that, although over the years she had many disappointments, she still pressed forward towards Christ to get her solution. This woman's determination gave birth to four things that God wanted us to tell you in 2020. The first thing was this, there is fight in you. There's fight in you. What do we mean there's fight in you? You may feel like giving up and quitting, but don't. Because there's fight in you. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. She had a condition for 12 years. But the simple fact that after 12 years, she was still standing. That says that there was more fight in her than maybe she even knew about herself. The same thing applies to you. No matter what you've been going through, no matter what life is through your way, no matter the storm, no matter the rain, no matter what the challenge has been, if you look up and you're still standing, if you look up and you're still here, there is more fight in you than you realize. You're stronger than you look. You're stronger than you imagine. Why? Because you're still here. So what am I saying? I'm saying that God's saying that there's fight in you, so don't give up. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Because you are much stronger than you know. The second thing we learn from this woman with the, the woman with the issue of blood is this. God said in 2020, he wants you to grasp, make getting closer to Jesus top priority. That was her top priority. And she was not going to let anyone or anything get in her way. She had an issue of blood, meaning she was hemorrhaging which meant socially she was unfit to be out. Religiously, she was unclean, but she refused to let what anybody thought or what anybody say get in the way of her deliverance. You make Jesus' top priority and refuse to listen to anyone else that tells you otherwise. The third thing God says, stick with Jesus until you experience real change. The Bible says that this woman could feel the change in her. 
a lot of times what we'll do is we'll say, I'm going to commit to God. But if the change doesn't happen immediately, even though it took you 25 years to get in your mess, if it doesn't happen quickly, the word don't work. Baby girl, that's not true. My brother, that's not true. You have to stick with it until you get the change that you want. If it took work to get in it, it might take work to get out of it, but you need to stick with Jesus until you get the change the word is promising you. The fourth thing. Elect to take a risk of faith instead of retaining your issue. In the Message Bible, I love the way Jesus said, woman, you took a risk of faith. Typically, you don't hear the word risk and faith used together. But the reality is some walks of faith can make you a bit nervous. And if you don't take the risk of faith, sometimes you take that risk and let it be more important than getting rid of your issue. Not in 2020 and beyond. We are going to elect to take a risk of faith instead of retaining our issues. That's what this woman did. I would rather take the risk of being called out in society than to hold on to this issue another day. Now, I add that part in there for, for emphasis. You got to get to the point to where you refuse to be dealing with your issue one more day. I can't take this no more. If you don't have that type of attitude, you will punt that issue to tomorrow. You will punt it into next week. But when you have something in your heart that says, I refuse to deal with this mess one more day, you have a different way of dealing with your situation. Elect to take a risk of faith instead of retaining your issue. So now we've gotten to our fifth element. What is that fifth element? God says, let it go. Whatever it is, whatever it is, let it go. You guys know I, I, I got a little story tell personality. And generally, I don't, I don't show this up front. I don't show the issue up front or the message up front. Usually I like to give you some scripture and some other detail and kind of lead you into it. But that's not, not yet. But that's, but keep that there. Thank you. They're setting up for something later. But what God told me to tell you is to tell you this up front. And then to let the rest of the message hit you like it hit you. Tell you up front to let it go. Whatever it is, let it go. And let the balance of the message just touch your heart how it touched your heart. Our direction in God and in life is forward. But it is so difficult, family, to even try to fool yourself into thinking that you're going to move forward while at the same time dragging negative, unhealthy baggage from last year into this year. Mm -hmm. 
Don't fool yourself into thinking that you can move forward by doing that. We began this session by calling Jesus our author and our finisher. Jesus can't author and finish nothing if you refuse to let your baggage go. It won't happen. We just talked about the journey that we're on, the decision to change, going through building a solid foundation. We talked about that. You know our journey. You know our objective. You know where we're headed. But guess what? If you choose to grasp the old at the expense of pursuing the new, you'll never get better. Our objective is to be better, better in our mind, better in our heart, better in our body, better in our discipleship, better in our prayer, better, 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 better. But you can't grasp better holding on to the old. The negative old, you understand what I'm saying? You can't grasp, grasp better that way. Go to Mark chapter 5, Message Bible. Knowing that we cannot get better while at the same time embracing those old stumbling blocks. In Mark chapter 5, Message Bible, starting in verse 38, Jesus is going to talk to us about how to forgive. Now, why do you talk about forgiveness and baggage? Because unforgiveness is one of the most damaging pieces of baggage that any one of us can carry. One of the most damaging pieces of baggage is deep-seated emotional conditions rooted in pain and anger. And unforgiveness is one such condition. Listen to what Jesus says here. And we're going to read this straight through, starting in verse 38, Message Bible. Here's another old saying that deserves a second look. Eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. My, my, my wife's looking at me like I'm silly. What? No, that's okay. What did I say? Let me say it again because sometimes my mind's on a different scripture and I say something different. I would like for us all to turn to I'm going to look at my notes this time. <laughs> Matthew. Did I say Matthew? I said Mark. Matthew chapter 5, Message Bible, starting in verse 38. I appreciate y'all keeping me straight. God gave me some good help here on the front row. I appreciate my wife. Give God some praise for my wife. Telling her husband, would you get to the right scripture, boy? Let me prime this up again. The reason we're talking about un unforgiveness right now is that's a piece of baggage that we got to leave in the last year. That is a definite piece of baggage that we got to let go. But listen to what Jesus says here about how we are to forgive. Verse 38, Matthew 5, Message Bible. 
Here's another old saying that deserves a second look. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues for, and sues for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. And if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit for tat stuff. Live generously. You're familiar with the old written law, love your friend and his unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm changing that. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. Say, help me, Lord. When someone gives you a hard time, pray for them. Don't slap them. Don't say, get them, Lord. Don't pull out your Glock. What? Pray for them. Don't tell me that's not hard. That's hard for me and my own family. That's hard for me with my wife sometimes, and I love her for sure. Sometimes it's just like if I could just grab her neck and choke her, it would make me feel better. But that's not Christ-like, is it? So here is what I do instead. When someone gives me a hard time in my house, I respond with the energies of prayer. Help me, Lord. Verse 45. For then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless, the good and the bad the nice and nasty. For all you do, if all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner can do that. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. Your kingdom subjects, now live like it. Live out of your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. The crux of Jesus' message here is do not go through your life with bottled up hatred, bitterness, and unforgiveness. That ties in perfectly with what God says in Leviticus 19. Message Bible, I'm just reading verses 17 and 18, but it says a lot of things. But listen to what God says in Leviticus 19. Message Bible, verse 17. Don't secretly hate your neighbor. If you have something against him, get it out in the open. Otherwise, you are an accomplice in his guilt. Don't seek revenge or carry a grudge against any of your people. Love your neighbor as yourself. I am God. Family hatred, bitterness, and unforgiveness, all of that is negative cargo. Negative cargo. We've told you this before. Nobody, not me, 
not anybody. I don't care how, how holy they are. I don't care how righteous they are. No one should make fun of your pain. Whatever pain you have experienced in life, whatever pain is in your heart, it is real to you. So we need to recognize that that's real pain. Whatever that person did to you, whatever those people did to you, whatever that situation did to you, that's real. It's real, especially if it's still hanging in your heart. It's got to be real. You know, when you think about it, Things that happen to people, when we, especially as people, church people, when we ask people to forgive and we talk about forgiveness, when you have a person or persons who have done something to you and that thing, whatever it is, has left a life-altering effect on you, asking for forgiveness, that's a big ask. I understand we should forgive, but when someone has really dug into your heart and made it bleed, saying forgive them is a big ask. Here's what we've always tried to impress upon you, though. If you know nothing else, your decision to forgive is about you. It is not about the person or persons who wounded you. I want you to say this with me. This is just a different way to say what I just said. Say, forgiveness, forgiveness is, for is for the person who got hurt, not for the persons who did the hurting. Forgiveness is for the person who got hurt. Forgiveness is not for the person or the persons who did the hurting. Forgiveness flushes your heart of bitterness. It flushes your heart of pain. It flushes your heart of resentment. And that gives you an opportunity to now thrive in your relationship with God. There's no more barrier around your heart because whether you want to believe it or not, and anyone who's been in any kind of relationship, especially if you're husband or wife, you, re you recognize this. A damaged heart will protect itself. And the worst thing you could ever try to do is be the one who damaged the heart and then try to be the one to heal the heart. Because it's human nature. Once you hurt me, I know you now. It, it, it may have been a mistake, but I can't put my down, God down too quick. But forgiveness, if, if, if we can get you down that road, it's really for the person who got hurt, not the person who did the hurting. It's not an acknowledgement that what they did to you is okay. What they did to you was wrong, and it will always be wrong. And it always be something they shouldn't have done. But the forgiveness, the act of forgiveness, that's to free you, loved one, not to validate them. When we talk about hatred, bitterness, 
and unforgiveness as baggage. We want you to know that those words are not all-encompassing because negative baggage has many faces. So when God tells us to let go of it, whatever it is, realize that your it may not be the same as my it. In other words, we all have different it's. Say this with me. I have, I have an, it an it that may not be, may not be your, it. your it. Now, what do I mean by it? Notice, what is an it? An it is an inhibiting thing. We all have different it's. And an it, capital I, capital T, is an acronym for inhibiting thing. What is inhibiting? Something that's inhibiting, it hinders, it obstructs, it hampers, it causes delays and difficulties. We all have things that we hold on to that hinder our progress in God that obstruct our progress in life, that hamper our family, that causes delays in our financial security, that causes difficulties in our lives, but we continue to hold on to it. God says, let it go. This year, we are going to let it go. Regardless of the face of it, it is baggage, and that baggage hurts your progression. I'm going to give you a visual. Thank you, sir, for helping me with this visual. And now this visual is going to share with you the downfall. Hold on one second. It's going to share with you the, the downfall of carrying baggage. In your life. What we have here is a simulation of, say, like an obstacle course. Assume that we have three cones here. And what I'm going to ask this young man to do is not unlike you've seen maybe like, you know, the football players where they go through and they kind of weave through the cones. He looks as if he's in good shape. He's a beautiful young man, must have a beautiful father. And so... <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So what I'm going to ask you to do is he's going to make his forward progression. And that forward progression is going to be to weave in and out of those cones in a figure eight style over to the this side and then back. Go. Okay. It looks like we're getting there. Exactly. Now, this time... I want you to do it, don't hurt yourself, but do it sort of as quickly as you can. As you can see, he's walking, his hands are free, he has no obstruction. That's the way we should be in life. But unfortunately in life we carry baggage. If this man had baggage, please bring that baggage to him. What if he tried to do the same exercise 
while carrying baggage. Now, what could this baggage be? We've already told you that this baggage has a lot of different faces to it. And by a lot of different faces, I mean even looking at the baggage as it is right now. If I say that the baggage here on my right represents family, well, you know family has many different layers. And so embedded in this family, we could have baggage associated with how, you, how you're doing your children, right? So that's one component. We could also have not just your children in your family, but what's going on with your finances. That one, in the same light, can be what's going on with your job. You could feel like you should be up for a promotion by now. But doggone it, they gave it to Carol. It's always a Carol. Is it a Carol here? It's always a Carol. I'm like, does Carol get every good job? But you didn't get the promotion. Or you got demoted. Or they said, hey, we can keep you on, but you got to move to Colorado. There's, there's baggage has a lot of different layers to it and a lot of different faces to it. In life, we carry a lot of baggage. Now this young man has another challenge. He's going to do the same maneuver, but this time he's going to carry all of his baggage with him. Now, how he accomplishes, accomplishes this, don't know. That luggage is supposed to be able to sustain a fall. So I'm hoping that it can. Otherwise, I just lost my luggage. So whenever you're ready, sir, please, they can help you if you wish. Figure out a way to hold all your luggage and do the same maneuver. You see, in life, everybody carries baggage. Now, it's unfortunately, unfortunate, but it's true. The funny thing about baggage, though, you can't see it. I can't see that you hate your mama. I can't see that you, 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 you wish the worst on your best friend. But when you're carrying your baggage, put it, on his, put it in his hand because it's going to hit the ceiling. Let me see some fingers. <laughs> All right, step back. Now, what I want y'all to do is, because I don't know how heavy this is. I know he's strong. Just hold the ends while I talk, because he's going to start shaking. If <laughs> you hold him up, you kind of support the weight for him. Now, this is the visual. You can't see where you're going carrying all that baggage. 
How you going to get your family in order, sir, if you can't get rid of your baggage? How you going to be the wife God calls you to be, ma'am, if you can't get rid of that baggage? How you going to be the employee that you're supposed to be if you can't get rid of that baggage? How you going to be the believer you're supposed to be if you can't get rid of that baggage? You can't even see where you're going. You can't go forward in God if you can't see where you're going. Now, there's a variety of different ways we could set this up. I mean, we could attach it to him. We could strap it to his arms and have him walking funny, but that's still messing with his progress. He can't move fast. He can't maneuver. And guess what else? My God, he's got to be weighted down. It's got to be painful to carry that every day. It's got to be painful to go to sleep with that every night and to wake up with that weight every morning. That's a bunch of mess. We can't go through life carrying that kind of luggage. In 2020, let it go. Now, now here's another thing. Now, I'm going to, are you guys good up there? No. Okay. But that's how it be. They tired. See, they tired. They didn't put that luggage down, right? Okay. Here's what I want you to do. Go ahead and make the maneuver. But help him. I've, I've made my point. Just help him. As you can see, making that same maneuver, he needs help. If he were trying to do that by himself, I think you're good, guys. Just, just lower it slowly. Lower it, lower it slowly. I think, I think you've made, we've made the point. But here is the, just, just take it straight down. Now, each one of you just, just hold one. They have handles. Just hold them about a handle, just like this. Okay. Now, what are, we, what are we dealing with here? Now, I know that these are, that these are, these are, these are young men, but it doesn't mean that young people don't have issues. They got baggage, but the examples that I'm going to share with you right now just know that it's typically... Uh, more of the older, more mature folks. But, but notice this. What could baggage be? Baggage can be a marriage that didn't work out. It could be the thought that I wish I had been a better husband. I wish I had been a better wife. I could have made it work. It, it could just be, gosh, I'm in this marriage and it's tough. Whatever it is. Marriage can be baggage. What else can be baggage? Raising your children. It could be the very thought that I wish I, was, I wish I were a better parent. Let me liberate you. In a lot of cases, you were the best parent you knew how to be at the time. And let me tell you, I tell every parent this. I've, I've told you this before. If you are a parent and you raised your child the best you could and they're giving you flack, tell them, well, doggone it, that's the best I knew how to do. And do not sit there 
wasting away in guilt and unforgiveness. You both need to move forward. Love each other now. Was the parenting bad? It might have been. But if it was the best you know how to do, you can't go back and change it. Baggage could be, I wish I had stayed in school. Whether you dropped out of high school or college for a valid reason or invalid reason, it doesn't matter. You could carry that as a weight, a past weight. What else could it be? We already talked about something at your job. You got let go. You got released. They fired you. That business plan didn't work out. It's baggage. Another piece of baggage. Tagging situations that you're in to other people. I'm like this because of them. I'm in this state because of them. You carry that as baggage. Here's another piece of baggage that I see in particular in young people. Self-image issues. Now, let me tell you how, how, how interesting this topic is. Back in my day, a person with self-image issues was a person who felt like they, you know, wanted to be prettier or more handsome. But it's got a little twist on it these days. You can actually think that you look terrible and want to look better. That's one issue. You could be beautiful. But because you are addicted to getting likes, you will begin to change the beauty that God has given you when your like numbers start declining. What am I saying? Sweetheart, if the reason for you showing more skin is to get more likes, you have a self-image issue. Hey, my brother, if the reason for you showing more of yourself online is because you want to keep your likes up, you got a self-image issue. What I mean, that's a weight. You have a God that loves you from the jump. You don't have to get likes. You're already loved. You're already fine just the way you are. The fact that people that don't know you from all over the world don't hit like on your page should not drive you to do anything with your body that God has not told you to do. That's baggage. All of that is baggage. But look at this. Are we saying that ditching the baggage is easy. No, not necessarily. Once again, ditching your baggage because it is a part of you, unfortunately, it might take work. So we're not saying that it's easy. But here is what we are saying. We do not want you to allow bad memories to spoil the rest of your life. Say this with me. Starting today, Starting today I, refuse I refuse to allow, to allow 
bad memories to spoil the rest of my life. Starting today, family, you need to refuse to let any bad memory, whether it's unforgiveness or otherwise, spoil the rest of your life. How they treated you at that job, fine, we got that. Let it go. However, how it ever happened to get you in the state that you're in, let it go. God says, let it go. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 in the Passion Translation. It tells you that in order to move forward, you need to break away from your past wounds. It says, as for us, we have all of these great witnesses who circle us like clouds. So let us go, so let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. Don't you want to run life's race with determination and passion? Don't you want to wake up in the morning with a passion for life, with a joy for the day that God has given you? It's hard to do that when you're carrying baggage. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path he has been so for, for the path has been already marked out before us, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us, who leads us forward into faith's perfect, perfect, perfection. Now, in an effort to make this message complete, I want to tiptoe quickly into three things. And I hope you appreciate this because I like to bring balance. We've been talking about negative balance, negative baggage, negative memories, bad memories, hurting your future, hurting the rest of your life. The first thing I want to share with you is this. Not every past baggage is negative. Well, what do I mean by that? I mean that a person could be so enamored with what happened to them in the past as a good thing that they can be stuck in their past. It's like the person that was, that was really good in high school or the person who had a really great college. In their mind, they're still there. They haven't moved past those glory days. And so they're not enjoying their present because for some reason they're still stuck in their past. Now, it's a good past but it's still the past. So for some of us, the positive is the negative. And in order to move forward in God, you've got to let that baggage go. The second thing, some people claim that their negative past is their motivator for being better today. I get that. For example, you might have grown up with people say you'll never be nothing. And you took that and you made that your motivating. I'm going to prove them wrong. So you say that was my motivator. But let me ask you something. The question is, did you keep the motivation and ditch the hatred? 
Did you keep the motivation and ditch the bitterness? Did you keep the motivation and listen to this, ditch the unforgiveness? Or did you keep both? Did you keep them both? What do I mean by that? I mean, are you celebrating the fact that you are successful, but in your heart still hating them for what they did to you? Because if you're keeping both the motivation and the hatred, then it wasn't your motivator. Not the way as a believer it should be. You know, as a believer, people often quote what Joseph said in the book of Genesis. They say, what you meant for evil, God took it and made it for my good. And that's fine if it's going to be your motivator. But that same Joseph told those same brothers that God sent me before you to, res to preserve you. In other words, even though everything you did for me was a negative, God did it so that I can be in position to help you. So if you are a believer and you're saying that what they did to you was a motivator, you wouldn't have no problem with blessing the same people that hurt you. Come on. If what you're going to do is use that scripture to say, well, what God, what you meant for evil, God meant for my good, then you know what? Accept that motivation. But now that you're blessed of God, now that you're able to do, those same people that put you in the position to be used for God's good, those same people should be on your blessed list. Hmm. Or are you holding on to the bitterness and hatred? So it's not really your motivator. Not in the way it should be for a believer. The third thing. Letting go of it is not the same thing as forgetting the past. Letting go of it is not the same thing as forgetting it. Even if forgetting were even possible. Just wiping your mind clean. I'm not asking you to forget your past. There is a lot of good in your past. Listen, if a person continuously hurts you, you need to remember that. If people are just bad for you, you need to remember that. We teach our children, after you learn that somebody's not good for you, if you keep getting hurt by them, that's your fault. We're not asking you to forget the past. But notice this. Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 in King James Version. And we'll bring you guys all to a close after this session. Thank you for your patience. I appreciate you. I know I have a lot to share with you today. Here's what Paul writes to the Philippians, because a lot of times Christians will take this and they'll misapply this to forgetting your past. Verse 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press forward toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. Now look at that in the Message Bible. 
Philippians 3, starting at verse 1. Now, the correct meaning of this is not Paul's telling you just to wipe your mind clean and forget your past. That's not what he's saying. Let's look at what he's saying. He starts off in verse 1 by saying, and that's about it, friends. Be glad in God. So his focus here is on God. But he gets into the meat of it when he starts talking about all these people have all these credentials. And they think these credentials are pretty hot stuff. I, Paul, have my own set of credentials, if you want to talk credentials. He says this, verse 4, even though we can list many, many, many credentials, many might think are imp impressive credentials. You know my pedigree, a legitimate birth, circumcised on the eighth day, an Israelite from the tribe of, elite tribe of Benjamin, a strict devote, devout adherent to God's law, a fiery defender of the purity of my religion, even to the point of persecuting Christians, a meticulous observer of everything set down in God's book. The very credentials these people are waving around as something special, I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Paul's painting a picture, picture here. His picture is there are all kind of worldly credentials, but as it relates to my relationship with Christ, my Christ relationship is primary. Verse 8. Yes, all, yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Jesus Christ as my master firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant, dog dung or dog poop. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ. So when Paul says in verse 13 that I'm forgetting the past and I'm moving forward, Paul is not forgetting wiping his mind of the past. Paul knows exactly who he is. He knows exactly what his credentials are. He knows exactly what he's been born into. What Paul is saying is this. When I compare my Jesus to everything Paul has accomplished, I say, man, forget Paul and give me Jesus. That's what Paul is saying. I forget everything that I used to think made me who I am, and I run towards Jesus as hard as I can. That being said, here's where we close today. Paul writes that I forget the things that are behind that previously defined me. He says, I'm often running with Jesus and I'm not looking back. I'm often running with Jesus and I'm not looking back. As a matter of fact, on, on that message Bible, give me verse 14. You can see it for yourself. Go one more. He says he's got his eye focused on where God is beckoning him onward to Jesus. He is off and running and he's not turning back. That sounds like a good plan, doesn't it? That we drop all of our baggage, we let it go 
and in 2020 and beyond, we be off and running towards Christ and not turning back. In order to do that, though, you have to let go of it. And by letting go of it, I mean, do not allow the past to define you. Do not allow the past to dictate your happiness. Do not give the past the power to imprison you. Once again, I'm not standing here telling you that it's going to be easy, but I'm telling you that God is telling you to let it go. And in order to let it go, you got to drop your baggage. So say this with me. Say, God, God. whatever it is, whatever it is I, I, elect I elect to let it go. Let it go. I'm, ready to move forward. I'm ready to move forward. I'm leaving my baggage, leaving my baggage. At, your front door, at your front door, and I receive... My liberty. liberty. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Isn't that a good confession? I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something. When you guys entered the sanctuary today, you should have seen a little card. And on that card were some simple words. It said what? Let it go. go. So here's what I'm going to ask. You know what your it is. You know what your it is. My it is not your it. God knows it, though. And you need to know that God knows it. More importantly, know that he wants to liberate you from it. So look at that card. You can write on the back of it if you want to. But look at it. You know you're it. And I want you to symbolically come forward and put that on the, on the altar and leave that it in 2019. Whatever it is. Simply come forward and put it on the altar. As you're doing that, I want to drop some things in your spirit. Psalm 55. Yeah, feel free to come on up. You don't have to wait on a note. Just drop it off. Psalm 55, verse 22 in the King James Version says, Cast thy burden upon the burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. The Message Bible, that same verse, pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load. He'll help you get out. He'll help you out. He'll never let good people topple in ruin. Matthew 6, verses 30, King James through 34. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today is and tomorrow cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or wherewith all shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall have thought for things of itself. 
Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. First Peter 5, First Peter 5, verses 5 through 7, NIV Bible. It has words that says, All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, King James Version. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now remember, whatever it is you laid here, even though it might not be easy, commit yourself this year to letting it go. Once again, say this with me. God, whatever it is, I elect to let it go. I am ready to move forward. I am leaving my baggage at your front door and I receive my liberty. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. Give God some praise for that. And with that, I am going to say a prayer over you. And I so look forward to seeing your smiling faces next time. God, I thank you for everybody in here liberating themselves. We all have things that we deal with. We all have its inhibiting things, things that hinder our progression things that hinder our advancement in what you have for us and what you want us to do. Today, we make a declaration that no more shall we drag that into our future. We elect to let it go. Whatever it is, let it go. We pray that you empower all who have the heart to leave their baggage at your front door. Empower them with strength. Empower them to make their decision firm. Give them the resolve to finish what they're starting today. Bring them support. Put in their pathway people that are going to help them be the new them and not hinder them. Let them know that in the future, there is a better them. Put that image inside of them. Let that image be so strong and so real and so vivid that nothing can convince them to pick that baggage up again. It is my sincere prayer that they have let it go and let it go for good. No matter the vice, no matter the pain, God, we also pray for their broken heart if that be the case. We pray that their broken heart be healed. We do not take light of their broken heart. As a matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. We love them more because they're willing to bring their heart forward to you. 
be everything to them that I know that you can be. Holy Spirit, be who you are in them. Their comforter, their helper, their strengthener, their advocate. Jesus says that I will not leave you alone, but I will send you back something that'll, that'll come for you more than I can. Holy Spirit, we call on you to do what only you can do. We've made the commitment to cast all of our cares upon you, God. We know you have big shoulders, shoulders bigger than our own. It's difficult for us to walk through this earth, walk through this world and progress carrying baggage. We can't even see where we're going. And even if we had a line of sight, it weighs us down to where we're just weak at the end of the day. Free me. Loose me. And all of that begins with me desiring to be loose for myself. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.